Yeah, Mike Tyson could definitely kick your ass at any age. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'll also be like 40 when he's 70. So maybe, maybe I hit the gym until then. Yeah, and learn how to how to box. <laughs> yeah, and learn how to box. Jake Paul's only been training for three years, so. I love how you did all the research already. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had to look at it. Uh, he, he's been training for three years. He looks like he's like knows what he's doing, but he doesn't look quick. He has no no fast twitch uh, muscle fibers. But, yeah, but can you imagine Nate Robinson? I don't know if he has that knockout power. He's kind of small. I don't know. He's going to get him with the jabs. But Yeah, all, all, first of all, I only saw Nate Robinson was only just jabbing the air. I don't know if you've seen this video. He's just, just straight jab, cross, jab, cross, jab, cross, jab, cross. That's apparently all his training and training his abs to just take a hit. That's probably the most the two most important things. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know shit about boxing. No, but for Nate Robinson probably. Don't be. Uh, he's not going to be training his his like you know his big combos if he has a fight in two months. Like just be able to take a hit to the body, protect your face, and just keep trying to jab at Jake Paul. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Should anyway. we transition to our expertise? You're recording. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's do it. Um. All right. What's up? What's up? Jake Bone and Raw Ron in the house. <laughs> Don't, don't don't call me that. I'm not going to call you. What do you want me to call you? J-Bone. <laughs> hey, J-Bone. What's up, bro? bro? <laughs> Come on. We need our aliases. All right, whatever. Um, Julian and Ronnie back at it again. Podcasting, talking hoops. <laughs> so, uh, so what have you been thinking about lately? during this long and cold two-month off-season? All I've been thinking about is just potential trades that I'd make if I was a GM for, like, every single team. All right, all right. What's your, what, what team are you thinking of? So, during the season, the Nets had all this chemistry issues because of, obviously, Kyrie Irving, but... There was like he was alluding to trading some of the pieces, and they needed to improve. So now that they get KD back, does Dinwiddie, Levert, they want to put Jordan at center. So does Allen fit? They have all these parts. Would you? I mean, they were, they're dumb. They just gave DeAndre Jordan the the your friends with our stars contract. Well, how do you not keep playing Jared Allen at center? He's younger. He could be had for cheaper. Look, he's more mobile. It makes no sense. <laughs> They'd be so stupid to trade. To, I mean, to get rid of Jared. If you get rid of Jared Allen, and then your only option is going to be DeAndre Jordan. Like, well, maybe they keep them both. But what would if you? So would you leave the team as is, or would you try and take some of those pieces and make a trade? Um. I guess my worry is if you leave the team as is, because ideally, in many ways, you. You could say the team is fine as is. You have Joe Harris and and you know Dinwiddie coming off the bench. So you get like you know forty eight minutes of good point guard play, or you can even run them together. It, ideally, and obviously Karis Levert, you know shows potential. The problem is like you could have like a, a Clippers situation from this year where they're just like we built this team. We were like a seventh seed, a scrappy team. Everyone loved us. 
a bunch of dogs, and then you get you get these two stars come in and they get treated, you know, they get preferential treatment, and they just never gel. I don't think Kevin Durant would like rub people the wrong way in the same way that Kawhi does with all the load management, but they might end up load managing him like crazy anyway because of the Achilles injury. He might only play sixty you know, or fifty out of seventy-two games that they're going to have this year. Very uh, good point, but that that's more understandable than the superstar shit that Kawhi tries to do. Yeah, yeah, living two hours away. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe where does Kevin Durant live? I don't know where he's going to live. Might be living in New York. No, nah, he's definitely going to live in Williamsburg with uh, with yeah. uh, Kyrie, and they're going to like they're going to wear hipster shit together and go out to the weird bars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he'll be right there. He'll be right there in Brooklyn. You're right. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, so options are Bradley Beal, who apparently does not show any indication of be, being wanting to be traded, and the Wizards show no indication of wanting to trade him. They haven't even wanted to trade him for, like, the first or second pick in the draft. So I don't okay. know. If, so if you're not trading him for the first or second pick, then I don't think the Wizards want to trade him for Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie. But, obviously, we'll see with how the season goes. With John Wall back, if they just, like, you know, shit the bed, as the Wizards tend to do, we can, the things could change very quickly. Well, I told you John Wall is going to be an all-star this year, and you laughed at me, but we'll see how that goes. But For the record, for the record, we got, we got multiple bets going as a hottest take of, of all, and John Wall being an all-star is the worst one. I have what Chris are the Sapp, others? I have Chris Sapp not being an all-star. Is he even gonna play though? Who, Chris Seth? Yeah. Why wouldn't he play? He tore his meniscus and I think he got surgery towards the end of the season. Sure, but I mean he'll I mean, it's a long season. I guess I guess the all star break he has to play in the first half. Alright, fine. Fine. Well, even if he was not injured <laughs> It's not all star caliber. Anyway, uh yeah, John Wall is not going to be an all-star. And if he is an all-star, there's no way Bradley Beal wants out. I don't think there's going to be any kind of jealousy issues. I think the only way he wants out is if they are just absolutely atrocious. Agreed. Yeah, so I don't think it's going to be like, oh, he gets the ball too much. Cause if, and also, like, then it would be ridiculous to want to trade if you know there's a possibility they trade you to the to the Nets where you're going to get the ball even less. So. I think my other my other bet was Lamelo becomes a uh, rookie, of the, rookie of the year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was your other one. Um, that one's less crazy than John Wall being an All Star. I I have less faith in that one. It's ridiculous. <laughs> that is ridiculous. If John Wall is an All Star, I mean, it would be like. Was he even a perennial all-star before the injuries? Of course. Perennial? Yes. He was on the level of Kyrie, Damian Lillard, all those guys. He was just getting knocked out by LeBron every year. Understandable. Understandable. I mean, all right, he's got to beat out Kyrie. He's got to, for an all-star nod as the guards. Uh, Bradley Beal, realistically. Uh, Who else are we missing? Fred Van Fleet started on the Knicks. Okay. Can we can we take a break uh and talk about that? Fine. So <laughs> so, so so the Knicks 
they're they're talking about three things: Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, and oh, yeah. and there's rumors of Fred Van Fleet, right? So I saw a thing on Twitter, like they have a young core, they're trying to rebuild. The best option would not be to have 32-year-old Russell Westbrook making $44 million a year. The next best option, which is still not a good option, is to have 35-year-old Chris Paul making $43 million a year. The actual best option would be to sign a 26-year-old, like up-and-coming Fred Van Fleet, who makes $20 million a year. Like, wouldn't yeah. that kind of fit with the team more I, than I, those I mean, others? I, I'm fully on board. Yeah, there's like it's not even there's nothing I disagree with about that statement. Uh, okay. And and in and in that order, Russell Westbrook, like the plague. Please stay away, stay away from Russell Westbrook. Chris Paul, as we talked about previously, like at least he brings a winning culture, insanely high basketball IQ, uh, just just a accountability for the team. I mean, not that Russell Westbrook has had very, you know, many like, teammate issues. Most teammates seem to love him and everything. It's just his style of play is not going to make everyone around him better. It's not going to make it easy to build around him. It's just, it's just uh, like, horrible, horrible. Why would you want Russell Westbrook? What is he possibly going to do for the Knicks? It's so ridiculous that they're talking about this. I have it would be fun, though. It wouldn't be fun. It wouldn't be I fun. Know. I agree. I agree. It would be the opposite of fun. It would be, like, like infuriating to watch. Angry Russell Westbrook dealing with angry New York Knicks reporters after loss after loss builds up, uh, and he refuses to change how he plays. Part of the reason he wants to leave Houston apparently is because he wants to be like a more ball dominant, you know, more of his old style, which is like obvious. Why did you put Houston as a as a potential trade option? Like OKC took care of him; they made sure they traded him where he wanted to get traded. Why would you put Houston there? You knew James Harden was there. Doesn't make sense if now he wants to be more ball dominant and be, you know, less off the ball. Like, yeah, no. as hard as he plays, his priority was never really winning. It's more get the triple doubles. And, like, if his priority w- was winning, he would get Kevin Durant the ball when he was on the Thunder. Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so I his priority is not to win. It's to go to I New York. I he wants to win. I don't – you know, yeah, whether it is his priority or whether it's his his – like lack of ability to properly assess in real time what will be conducive to winning, which I think is just like basketball IQ. Either way, whether he really thinks he should be taking that shot to win the game or whether like he just wants his numbers and wants to be the star, I don't want to, you know, put all that on him about saying he's not, doesn't priorities not to win. I do think he wants to win. When he was that, that first, that, that only MVP season he had, they won more than they had any business winning probably because of him playing his style. But, like, it's just not a good style, and it's such a small window for for being good playing that way. And it's passed because he's now past his athletic prime. His jump shot has gotten worse than it ever was. I mean, it's just the last thing I want. Yeah, I mean... I don't yeah, think any Knicks fan wants it. You'd be surprised on Twitter, man. Some people are just like, yeah, like we've been losing for so long. Let's get the eighth seed. Let's hire Mark Jackson. Like all this nonsense. I mean, we've said that before too, but as long as it's done the right. So like, so here's, so that's the argument for Chris Paul, right? Like, okay, maybe he creates an air of accountability, a, a, a culture of like not being the bottom, bottom barrel, bottom of the barrel of the league. You know, maybe he does that because he's never been on like, a horrible team. He's, I mean, 
Russell Westbrook, we know full well that, like, if things start to go wrong, it's not he's not going to right the ship. Let's put it this way. If Westbrook – I'm a Knicks fan. If Westbrook gets traded to the Knicks, I will become a Thunder fan. <laughs> All right. Who's, who's an up, who can we switch to? Who's, like, an up-and-coming team that we can switch to? Um, I hear the Warriors might be good soon. <laughs> oh, he's such a fucking bandwagoner. <laughs> I hear they might be good. They got these guys coming back from injury. We haven't really seen what they can do, but this guy, uh, like, Stephen Curry. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Stephon. Stephon Curry. Yeah, that's it. Uh, all right, all yeah, so they might be. Who's, who's an up-and-coming team that I like? I don't know. The Suns? We should have picked Mikael Bridges. We should have. We definitely should have. We should have picked Mikael Bridges over Kevin Knox. Whatever. Um, all right, back to trades. What about Devin Booker? You think he's going to want to trade? Um, so according to Ryan Rossillo, that's the worst-kept secret in the league that he wants out of Phoenix. Um, it doesn't really matter, I, though. He has four years left on his contract or three or four years on a huge contract. Yeah, the players do that now. They're just like, oh, I have three years left. I'm not going to play anymore unless you trade me. And then it just creates this whole stink in the franchise. Like, AD had a year or two left, and he was like, yeah, I want to be traded to the Lakers. Like, they're just Paul so George. much empowerment now. Paul George said he – Paul George before leaving the, the, the Thunder. He resigned. He left after right. one year into his four-year contract. Right. So it seems to work. Um, if he really wanted to create a stink – I think he could, but honestly, they're up and coming. I'm, I told you, I'm, I'm actually a fan of Aiden. He was the number one overall pick. He's going to be able to average 20 in the league. Um, they're, and they're in these trade talks. If they get Chris Paul, if they get the likes of a Russell Westbrook. <laughs> and that would be no, That would be horrible. Stop. That would be horrible? Yeah, that would be horrible. You want Russell Westbrook not passing to Devin Booker now? <laughs> <laughs> No, but just for whatever reason, like on sports television, like Nick Wright is proposing these trades. He's like, yeah, C.J. McCollum for Russell Westbrook. Like who is who is giving up like actual pieces to put Russell Westbrook next to Damian Lillard, who hate each other? He's yeah. saying Kevin Love for Russell Westbrook. That would be interesting. Uh, I mean, yeah, Kev, I mean, that one actually makes a little sense because they're both – bloated contracts that nobody wants to take on. So if you're getting rid of one, at least you have the space. Like, uh, And yeah, Russell Westbrook can go be another guard in Cleveland. <laughs> he can go train. <laughs> he can go te- mentor Colin Sexton, another guy who can't shoot, um, and plays angry. And then, yeah, and then, yeah maybe Kevin Love goes plays on the, on the Rockets. Oh, did you see the thing that Steph Curry said to uh, – Budenholzer? I just what? saw this recently. I don't know. It must have came out a long time ago. I somehow missed it. So so Bud is mic'd up. It's at the All-Star game. And and Steph is talking to him and doesn't realize that, that Coach Bud is mic'd up. And he says, oh, yeah, I was talking to James Harden in the back. You know, obviously complimented on his play, said he's you know, doing amazing things this year. But he said he doesn't like playing a brand of basketball that he plays. He wants to play, like, beautiful basketball. No way. This is a fable. No, no. I thought you got to watch the video. He says this. Steph Curry says that James Harden says, 
I don't like playing this way. So I imagined it like Harden, Harden designed this offense, and he's like, yeah, yeah. As many shots as I'm taking, I need double. That's, I mean, that's, that's how I see it as well, because I've never seen him cut off the ball. I've never seen him set a, a back pick. I've never seen him screen away. I've never seen him do anything that would imply he wants to, to play this beautiful offense. I've seen him wait at the top of the key to get the ball, get the ball, dribble 50 times. Um, but apparently he said this. I don't know. Maybe he just said this to Steph Curry. Maybe he was feeling insecure talking to Steph. Who does play beautiful basketball. Who and plays also the epitome of beautiful basketball, yeah. In, in OKC, Harden was a completely different player. So he's definitely it's capable. It's true, yeah. Yeah, so so I don't know. I was thinking Kevin Love, you know, you put him as another piece around around uh, the Rockets. So maybe they, maybe they want to trade for a playmaker or something. Maybe they want some more movement. I mean, Daryl Moore is not there anymore. We'll see. You know who's a playmaker? Right? What did you say? You know who's a playmaker? Who? Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Yeah, if only they could have Chris Paul. <laughs> that might fit. Yeah, how could they get Chris Paul to Houston? That would be great. That would be great, yeah. Because uh, he can spread the floor and, you know, take over point guard duties, play off the ball. Just really perfect. Their window's <laughs> closed, right? Their window's fully closed? Their window is fully closed. And honestly, I blame Harden. Like, you know, all these players can't match with Harden, so what's the common denominator there? Like, Dwight Howard, that was uh, there was rumors that Harden and Dwight would sit at their own table because that was the superstar table, and everyone else had to eat at a different table. Uh, Chris Paul didn't work. Russell Westbrook didn't work. Like it just can people play with James Harden? I don't know. Well, yeah, I think the question is, can stars play with him? Because we know that the role players thrive in that system and next to him, and he makes their role very clear. They have to be catch and shoot guys. Certain role players can thrive. P.J. Tucker definitely loves playing with James Harden. Agreed. You know, uh, you know that's the question. That's the question, I guess. But well, they're know. falling apart. Apparently, P.J. Tucker is irate about his contract negotiations. Like, their whole thing. Russell Westbrook wants out, obviously. James Harden is, who knows what he's doing. He's probably, I don't even want to say what he's doing. But... Yeah, their their window has long closed. They they fired their GM and coach. Yeah, no, I know. It's it's over. It's crazy. They really got close, and uh, and just have are deciding to to throw it all away. I guess. But we'll see. Yeah. I, mean, I guess Tillman Fertitta doesn't want. That's his name, Fertitta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't want to pay. That's, that's the that's the ultimate thing that you know closes the team's window. Basically, so we'll see. Um, anyway, what about Oladipo? You think he's uh, As a Knicks fan, like I don't want anything. I don't want. I don't want Oladipo. Absolutely not. Like, what team is super eager to take on a guy who just tore his ACL, who who's low key getting older? I know he's still he's like twenty six or something like that. No, but like twenty eight. I want to say. I'm not sure. Yeah, so so he's at the middle or end of his prime, and honestly, it's the end because he was an extremely athletic guard, and once you suffer these knee injuries, like Westbrook, 
you know, you have to rely on skill. And is he a super skilled shooter? I don't know. What does he really do? I mean, he's a good shooter. He's honestly had a, a very weird career. He, like, didn't flourish until super late. And then and then has now been injured right after kind of peaking. Um, but they didn't call that goaltending. They, call, LeBron. they did not call that goaltending on LeBron. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they win that series. Maybe they win that series in a different I don't know. But I mean, he, he was peaking. He was playing really well. Like, there was a moment where I was like, is he better than Paul George right now? And that's not the case, but... That's just in the past, though. Like, I, I mean, my hypothesis here is that he's completely peaked. He's not going to return to that form. And to pay him a big contract just doesn't make sense for any team, unless you're, like, on the cusp. Like, what like about if the you Nets? have... If the Nets can't get Bradley Beal and they really don't want to run it back with the same core. And they say, let's get another guy who can, you know, a little more star power. He's not quite a star, but but he's he's established versus an up-and-comer still going to make rookie, you know, young mistakes kind of, like, kind of thing. He had playoff experience. He's tested. The Nets wouldn't want to trade for him? Well, just me personally, my I'm going to put this in order of what I would do if I was running the Nets. My first thing would be to leave the team as is because, yeah, I don't see it beneficial as having a third superstar who's questionable in Oladipo over this tremendous depth of Dinwiddie, Levert, Jared Allen, Joe Allen to surround your your two superstars. Like when you look at those Dynasty Warriors teams, mm-hmm. yeah, they had. Andre Iguodala coming off the bench. They had Sean Livingston coming off the bench. Leandro Barbosa was putting up buckets. Like, they just had this really deep team. So throwing that all out for Victor Oladipo, who came off injury, who may be inconsistent at this point, just doesn't make sense. So first and foremost, I would just leave the team as is. But if there is chemistry issues because of the hilariousness of Kyrie Irving, if he is actually causing trouble there, then I would actually call up the Clippers who have been in all these trade rumors, and they're they're like a desperate team. Like when we're playing fantasy football, you try to get the, you try to call the team that's one and eight because maybe they're desperate and they're going to give up a good player, right? So we kind of put the Clippers in that category, right? Yeah. So I would call them. I would offer a package. They need a point guard, so I'll give them Dinwiddie. The Nets have Kyrie already, so that's fine to give him up. They can get rid of he's Allen. The most, he's the most he's the most expendable for the next. Yeah. 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 They can get rid of Jared Allen because they already have DeAndre Jordan. And then and the Clippers need a big man. I mean, I guess. They don't trust Zubak. Yeah, if they lose Montrez. And then if they're not happy with Paul George, that's a great third superstar. Like he's been the second option on all these teams and have failed. But if he just has to play D and hit the occasional three pointer to KD and Kyrie, that's a championship team. Wait, who? Paul George. You're saying Paul give George up Paul on the Nets? No, that's crazy. For who? For the Clippers. The Clippers are going to give up Paul George for what exactly? For Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen. No. 
No, Paul George is not is on is too high a tier for that. I mean, I don't agree. I mean, if you're the Clippers, you've given up all your assets for Paul George, who's clearly on the decline of his career. That that experiment exploded. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Get... Wait, 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 two years ago. Was it two years ago? I think it was two years ago. Uh, when he's on the Thunder. Yeah, post no, yeah, two years ago, he's on the Thunder. He was third in Defensive Player of the Year voting and third in MVP voting. And he was amazing. He's not on the decline of his career because he had a horrible playoff series. He has multiple consecutive multiple horrible playoff, playoff series. That's true. A horrible playoff in general. A horrible bubble. A bad bubble doesn't mean you're on the decline of your career. I mean, yes, I agree that he has, he's like, you know, he never got the athleticism back from his younger days in Indiana after the leg injury, and he's changed his game. But he's become an amazing shooter. He's still a great defender. Like, he's, I mean, to give it up for, for a, uh, you know, a backup point guard, really, who could maybe play Whoa. starters. Didn't Dinwiddie's he's great. nice. Dinwiddie's is nice. I agree. <laughs> he is. He's, he, he only finishes with his right, but. Amazing use of the glass. And he's great. He's great. I like Dinwiddie too. Jared Allen's a good young piece, and Karis Levert, potentially a good young piece, who's you know has his he could be problems. he could be a star. He could be an all star in this league. He probably will be. I I mean I agree. He definitely shows that potential. But for Paul George, when they just got him and they traded everything for it, so you're trading all those picks. If you think about it from the Clippers' perspective, perspective, would they rather run it back for another year with Paul George, or or who Kawhi handpicked? Right, or would they essentially think of it now that you traded, I don't know, six years of of, of future capital for Dinwiddie, Levert, and Josh Allen? Well, I'll use this logic to reverse it back at you. Right, this would be hedging the future because you've traded all these picks for potentially just one more year of Paul George who can leave, versus you can have a future star in Karis Levert a future potential star in Dinwiddie if he improves, and a young center in Allen who blocks everything. So just on paper, I think those three players are even better than just one Paul George, but it's also beneficial for the future because they're younger and not on the decline. And I know I know, like two years ago he was in the top five in MVP voting, Paul George was, but two years is a long time in athleticism. Like he's the future for him, if you look – like, at the future, he's not winning a championship. He's not the first or second best player on a championship team anymore. Like, that's just not who he is, in my opinion. You're telling me if the Clippers didn't have wait, – wait, wait, this is crazy. I think it's some real – this is some real bubble bubble vision. You're saying if the Clippers <laughs> – if the Clippers didn't have like, – you know, the Clippers don't have a, a playmaker. They didn't have a point guard, right? They Their point guard was Patrick Beverly, and then – and then it was just unclear, right? Lou Will's not a point guard. Patrick Beverly is not an offensive point guard, really. He doesn't control the tempo. He doesn't control the flow. He doesn't have a sense for who needs the ball, who's hot, how to get people involved, get people in their spots. They're not, they don't have point guards. They don't have a playmaker, right? And it doesn't have to – it can be like LeBron. LeBron's a point guard, right? You know, I'm just saying they don't have a, a guy a, – a four general. If they had a four general – and it doesn't have to be – it could have been, it could be Chris Paul. They, you know, if they trade for Chris Paul, that would make more sense. But, but if, if it could be – no disrespect to Kyle Lowry, but it could be Kyle. It could be someone who's a, a, a second tier, not quite on that level of point. Rondo would be beautiful. Rondo, that's like a few tiers down, and it would be fine. I mean, I don't know if you want him starting all the time. Some more bubble vision because he was horrible pre-bubble, but 
but but I'm just saying, if you know, just get a playmaker on that team, and you could think about who would be a good fit for that. And you know, but someone who can who can do that and and bring the ball up, get the ball to Kawhi where he wants it, get the ball to Paul to Paul George. Paul George would still be the number two option on that team, and they would absolutely be championship caliber. I mean, they lost in seven in the Western semifinals, and and they were up three one with with a pretty incomplete team and some bad coaching decisions to play Montrez all the time, even though the numbers all showed that he wasn't working against the Nuggets. Like, you know, Kawhi, that was, you know, whatever. Kawhi is Kawhi. But, I mean, you know, we know he has the skills to take them to the top. He kind of also didn't show up in game seven. I know Paul George was bad in the playoffs, but what did he do that shows you he doesn't have it anymore, aside from missing shots? Because he was just clanking shots. That's not athleticism. That's not something that he we can project to the future. We know he's a little scared of the moment, for sure. He gets in his own head, but he still yeah, has all the not, tools. He, he's not consistently great. He's great not, for some stretches. And in and, and this hypothetical that you're posing where they just plop in Chris Paul, like they have to give up assets to attain this point guard who's going to run the team, right? They have no assets. I mean Montrez. No, he's a he's a he's a, he's a restricted free agent, I think. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, no, I don't know what assets they have either. But well, I mean, I, the, the Thunder might just want to dump the contract. I don't know if they can somehow, but yeah, you know, they might want to get rid of that huge contract. Yeah, but they're gonna want something. For sure. For sure, and they don't. So you don't, don't accept that trade. If you're if you're the Clippers, you don't take on a younger Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, who's so valuable. What a Karis trade! Karis LeVert is the is. only real reason you take that trade. I mean, maybe. And Jared Dinwiddie, Allen. Dinwiddie's not that young. Been around a while. Jared Allen would be helpful, but I've been telling you this about about these kind of shot blocking big men. I mean, even Mitchell Robinson, like like, and I, you know, I mean, as a Knicks fan, I get so excited and and I'm hyped about Mitchell Robinson. They got him in the second round of the draft. These guys are expendable. These guys are replaceable. These kind of big men who don't do anything else on offense except run, run, and catch lobs. There's you can find them now. Like they, people will trade them. They're, they're, that's not that's not a, that's not a needle mover on a trade. Dinwiddie, a good point guard for sure. I mean, he could maybe definitely help the team. And, but he does look for his his own shot a lot. You know, he's not necessarily a guy who's like really running the offense makes you feel like, okay, he's going to help get the ball to Kawhi and, and Paul George where they want it and everything like that. And then it's Levert. And so Paul George wouldn't even be there in this scenario. So then there's Karis Levert, who, who shows flashes for sure, but his peak is realistically Paul George right now. Like that would, and that would be an amazing peak. If he could reach that level, he's not better than Paul George. He's probably not even as good. If he could somehow get to Paul George level, that would be – like a miracle, and I don't know if it's happening in one year, and Kawhi could leave after one year. So no, <laughs> I did not make that trade. All right. Well, we're at it's a, a good step idea. Right it fits. It plugs in some holes. They need a point guard. They need a big man. They still get another, you know, a wing. But not making that trade. You got it. It's too much star power for the Clippers. You can't. You got to keep Paul George. It's just a weird fit with. Two, I mean, they're two small forwards, Kawhi and Paul George, and they don't, they're not able to move the basketball and run like efficient okay. offense in the playoffs because they don't have somebody to deliver the ball to them. 
because I want someone to deliver the ball to them. I agree. But, okay, look at the – but that's fine. Two, you said two small forwards. First of all, one can play shooting guard or one can play power forward at this point. It's just wings at this point in the NBA. And, I mean, the same – you know, it worked out fine with the Jordan and Pippen. Like, it's the same idea. It works – and or, or a more modern example, more relevant, is the Celtics. The Celtics have no issues playing Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum because they have a very good coach who sets up the offense well and is, is just – a you know plays to this team's strength. Not that Doc Rivers is not a good coach, but but they necessarily wasn't the best fit for this team. They have a great coach over there in Boston. They also have Kemba Walker, who is a fantastic point guard. Like he and he you know he's kind of kind of gotten lost in the fray in that Celtics team because it's like oh Jason Tatum is you know but he's like really their X factor and he really gets that team going. I mean he runs their offense. Not to mention Marcus Smart is a great playmaker. Uh, plays smart, always in the right spot, puts people in position to succeed good passer as well. Like, they, they have more to it, so it's fine that they have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. It's, if anything, it's an asset. Yeah, but like you said, they put Tatum at the four, so they would I, – I agree with actually putting Kawhi at the four and just yeah. throwing out a bunch of wings like the Celtics do because right now it's too clogged is my point. Like, you have Paul George, Kawhi, and then you have, like, Marcus Morris, who I guess is leaving, but – and then just, like, Pat Bev, who – doesn't really shoot like that. I don't know. It's just a weird constructed team. So having spacing, have, like who are they going to get to deliver them the ball without giving up assets, which they don't have. That's why the necessity to trade Paul George is kind of a necessity because as presently constructed, like how can you add to this team aside from signing Rondo, which I actually think like would bring leadership and that could really help them. I don't know. What do they have for cap space and all these things? I don't I don't really know. Um, can they find Fred Van Vliet? <laughs> that would be that would be great actually. That would be perfect for them. But, they would probably have to trade Lou Will. That's fine. Ooh, is it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's fine. Fred Van Vliet, first of all, is a good scorer. And I don't know how much value you're getting for Lou Will, but just to get rid of his, con- I don't know what his contract. I have I haven't looked up any of the contract info. I'm sure we can get some Clippers fans to tell us about this in more depth. But but I I I don't see I don't see why they have to. I don't see I don't see them trading either, obviously Kawhi or Paul George. I think they have to build around those two guys, and whatever flaws the team has, the team has. They're not trading him after all they gave up. No way. All right. So, I mean, it's going to be tough to do, um, but we'll see what happens. But shifting to what the Nets should do, I mean, you agree that the Nets, that would be a really beneficial trade for them if they were able to get a third superstar in Paul George. Or say, okay, that's that's too idealistic. That trade won't actually happen. What trade could they make, or should they just trot out Dinwiddie, Levert, it's, it is kind of a weird fit to have Levert with Kyrie and KD and then Dinwiddie. Like, they are going to want to put up shots. Yeah, a lot of ball-dominant guys. Um, a lot of ball-dominant guys. Yeah, I mean, in many ways, you could – you could. so, like, you know, the Clippers would be, like, if they stayed put, right? That's, like, their, that's like their comparison. But then the Lakers are, like, if you trade all your young pieces – uh, and they already have two stars. So, 
So I don't know. I think they have to go for another star, just because I worry already that that's not going to be a good fit. I don't know if they can get a star. Maybe they just need better fits. They get maybe they sign Davis Bertans. They sign. They need you know some shooters. Uh, I would like that, but I don't know if they can afford all this. They're actually paying DeAndre Jordan. They're paying Kyrie. They're paying KD. That was a big mistake. Paying DeAndre Jordan. That's a hamstrings them. KD needs his buddy when he's chilling in Williamsburg. <laughs> they can all wear their fedoras. Yeah. Go out for for some Aperol spritz. Uh, <laughs> for some IPA. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But there's this hilarious Twitter account called Bubble Woge, okay. where it's just Woj, um, but just like a parody account. And he tweeted, uh, "Steve Nash resigns because Kyrie and KD demand to be referred to as Coach K." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I forgot. I forgot about that. That storyline. We can all be the head coach. Yeah, they got a bunch of head coaches. Apparently, speaking of Waj, apparently he says that the uh, the market, uh, sorry, I don't know if you saw the tweet, he says the market is slow developing for Russell Westbrook trades. I mean, that's like a no shit. What do you say? That's like a no shit. Like, who actually wants that? No, it is, but just to what you were saying about these TV personalities saying all these things, like they're just making stuff up. There's no, there's no. The only team that I've seen could that people are saying could trade for for Westbrook is the Knicks, and that's just like basically because the Knicks have a have a reputation for making horrible trades for stars past their prime. And and I'm like, we just got a new GM. There's no way, or I don't know if we have new. We just got a new management system. Sorry, president, all these things. Leon Rose, we're not, we're not gonna start their tenure. They're not gonna start their tenure as Knicks. Brass by trading for old washed Russell Westbrook. No way. What was the last GM of the Knicks who just got fired? Uh, Scott Perry. No, Scott Perry's still there. It was the, it was the other guy. Who was there right before? I'm just imagining like him, like taking off a mask of Leon Rose, and it's really him. If they do, it's just like. If they traded for Westbrook, it would just be like a new person, the exact same move over and over. Like they did this with Steve Francis already. They did this with Tracy McGrady, with Chauncey Billups. Like we've seen this like every five years. Hello. Mello, well, <laughs> he would have just came to the Knicks. We didn't I have know. to. <laughs> he would have I just know. came. That's just idiotic. I know. Uh, yeah, no, we do this. So overpaid Amari. Like the injury concerns. Um, but I love Amari. And He's I love Amari. Oh my god. <laughs> He's an Israelite. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta stand together. Exactly. Uh, uh yeah, so I don't know. So uh so we'll see. But the Knicks better not do that. Another guy who's on the uh like the trade rumors about him is Drew Holiday. Mm, that's an interesting one. Yeah, he doesn't really fit the timeline for the Pelicans. They don't seem to want to trade him, and I don't know if he has any desire to be traded, but I'm sure teams are interested in trading for him because he's definitely, like, on the trading block. You can get some young assets in the New Orleans Pelicans. You got a, 
you got to think, okay, we'll get rid of Drew Holiday now while his value is still high. He's still a good player. And I don't know who would want him, but I'm just saying he's a he's a guy like you know he's a can play the point, can run the offense. A lot of teams need that all the time. So he's played great defense. So yeah, his timeline is off for a lot of teams. It would need to be someone. Well, it's got to be a win now team. So the next Celtics. Oof, what do they give up for? I mean, I don't even know if they need that. Celtics are right there. They just can't get over. I mean, they're missing something. Well, a center, first of all. Like when they were saying, playing, against, huh? Are you saying Enos Kanter isn't the best center in the league? Shockingly, I am. Yeah, I know. I know you disagree. Cause yeah, that's nice where we post- disagree. Yeah, because he has like you know a couple nice post moves and a pretty good touch around the basket. Doesn't make him valuable. Uh, dude. I know he did. I know. I know you. Please don't tell me about Ennis Cantor scoring eight points against the Heat that one game. When you have Daniel Tice and Ennis Cantor is unplayable on defense, and Daniel Tice is your main option on, in, the, in the interior. The problem was they played against that that uh, Miami Heat zone, and Daniel Tice wouldn't look at the basket. And I know Ennis Cantor would finally look at the basket and go score some points, but they like right in the middle of the zone. You had, to, you had, you know, he would get in the ball and just kicking it out immediately. He wouldn't even turn and face the hoop in the high post. Like, and you watched as the Lakers just made that impossible to do. You can't ignore that. You had LeBron in there. You had AD in there. They were just taking it apart from the from inside out. Like, the Celtics have a glaring weakness at center. Uh, at least they need someone big. It's not even about being skilled. They just need a guy who's at least like a vertical threat so that when they get in there, or they had Grant Williams playing the five sometimes. Like, you can be in position, but if you're in the 2-3 and I have to dump it off to you and they're going to have time to recover, like, you know, from high, a high-low pass against the 2-3, you need a big man who just throw it up and the defense has no chance to recover. He just, it's just an alley-oop. You throw it to Grant Williams or Daniel Tice and the defense gets there in time. And now suddenly the length of an Adebayo or whoever else, you know, whoever else is in the – East, who the Celtics are playing, that it disrupts them. So they're, but they're like right there. I wouldn't change much about their team. So they just have to go get themselves a, I don't know, hope one of their, I don't know what to do for the Celtics. They're good. <laughs> they're good every year. It's like you can't. All right, I have a better question. A more problematic team than the Celtics. Okay. How would you fix the Sixers? Oh God. Well, they got Daryl Morey, so. You know, trade Ben Simmons. So you uh, trade Ben Simmons? I don't know. I was just joking because he doesn't shoot threes, but. But that's a huge liability. Like, you can't have another player who doesn't shoot threes with Ben Simmons, like, in today's NBA. Yeah. Oh, Adrian's calling me. Um, I do want to talk about the Sixers. Let me let me pick up Adrian's call. I'll call you right back. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. 